Hey everyone, welcome to the Smart Pharmacist podcast series by ISMP Canada. This is a bi-monthly series looking into the topic of medication safety for community pharmacy practice and how to incorporate safe medication practices into your workplace. My name is Jim Kong. I'm a pharmacist with a retail and long-term care background working at ISMP Canada. And today we're going to be giving an overview of medication safety in the community pharmacy for those that are unfamiliar with the topic. We'll first talk about what medication safety is and the difference between an adverse drug event versus a medication error. We'll then go over the top five most commonly reported types of medication incidents collected by our incident reporting program used across Canada. So what is medication safety? Medication safety is the branch of study that protects healthcare professionals and consumers alike from preventable harm during medication use. In the community pharmacy setting, medication safety becomes extremely important when medication incidents occur. A medication incident is a mistake with medication such that unintended preventable harm or near harm occurs to the patient when a medication is in control by either a consumer or a healthcare professional. Another name for medication incident is a medication error. For example, in a pharmacy, when two medications with similar looking or similar sounding names are placed close to each other, this practice makes it highly likely for a pharmacist to select the wrong medication and dispense it to the patient, which could potentially result in patient harm. This is what's known as a medication error. So these errors occur in community pharmacy settings, not necessarily because of the person involved or due to their lack of training or lack of experience uh, necessarily. It's sometimes due to the way certain work processes and certain procedures are set up in the overall system, such that it facilitates the likelihood of someone committing an error. Medication safety deals specifically with these processes or what's known as system-based vulnerabilities and tries to prevent medication errors before they occur and before they reach the patient through using different practices and recommendations to target these vulnerabilities. A lot of people also ask, what about adverse drug events? And what's the difference between that and a medication error? And are they also preventable, just like a medication error? So the difference between an adverse drug event versus a medication error is that an adverse drug event does not involve a mistake or a human error with medication use and is therefore considered non-preventable with no real way to predict if and when it could occur with a patient. An example would be if a patient takes their prescribed medication and eventually finds that they have developed an allergy to it. This would then cause unpronounced side effects and the patient would most likely have to stop taking the medication. This is a non-preventable event and is not necessarily considered as a medication error. So this is the key difference that drives medication safety since Medication errors pose such a significant threat to patients, and given the fact that compared to an adverse drug event, they actually are preventable, this means in theory patients should never encounter these type of errors. However, we'll see this is not the case in real practice. Since 2010, ISMP Canada has been receiving medication incident reports from pharmacies across Canada, that number in the hundreds of thousands. All of these reports are voluntary and anonymous and gives us a chance to look at what are the most common medication safety issues pharmacies face today. When we take a look at all of the incidents collected over the years, the top five types of incidents reported are incorrect dose and frequency, 
incorrect quantity, incorrect drug, incorrect prescriber, and incorrect strength and concentration. So across all of the different Canadian provinces that report errors, we always see these five types of errors pop up the most. Depending on the medication involved, an error such as giving out the wrong strength of a medication, for example, warfarin or methotrexate, or giving out an incorrect drug altogether, can really have devastating impacts on the patient's health and safety. As healthcare professionals, I'm sure we've all had moments in the pharmacy where you catch an error just in time, right before it reaches the patient. And it's a very close call and it makes you worry what could have happened if it did reach somebody. In the worst case scenario in recent years, there have been catastrophic incidents involving the wrong medication or the wrong dose being dispensed to patients that ultimately led to patient death. This means that despite the different work environments within these pharmacies, the experience of the pharmacy staff and management, and the different ways community pharmacy is practiced across Canada, these errors continue to be prevalent and there must be other factors at play that lead to these circumstances. In many of the pharmacies I've worked at, and I'm sure for the majority of pharmacists out there, medications are organized alphabetically or by formulation. For example, creams are all placed together, eye drops are all placed together, and inhalers are all grouped together. This kind of practice is very logical, but it also makes it very easy to pick up the wrong medication sometimes, especially if the name or packaging looks very similar. For example, the drug pair of Celebrex and Celexa, Celebrex is an anti-inflammatory and Celexa is an antidepressant. They do very different things, but they have very similar names. And if you're in a rush or if you're the only person working in the pharmacy that day, you could easily make a mistake and pick up the wrong stock bottle. Other common examples include azathioprine and azithromycin, hydroxazine and hydroxyurea, lamivudine and lamotrigine, and the list goes on. Some effective recommendations that have been used in the past are to incorporate what's known as tall man lettering or differentiating drug names on prescription labels, manufacturer bulk bottles, and drug records in the dispensing software by capitalizing or highlighting the different lettering amongst similar names. In our example of hydroxyurea and hydroxazine, the remainder of each name will be highlighted and capitalized. So U-R-E-A in hydroxyurea, and Z-I-N-E in hydroxazine. Another recommendation is to get the prescriber involved if repeated mistakes occur with a certain medication, and perhaps request for indications to be written on that prescription for that medication. There's also different practices you can implement at each stage of the dispensing process in the pharmacy to further lower the chance of a look-like, sound-like error from occurring, such as reviewing inventory storage areas when receiving your daily orders, and looking at how look-alike, sound-alike pairs are placed, performing a final check of the medication during patient counseling, or even customizing your dispensing software to include more information such as indications or dosing just to highlight the differences between look-alike, sound-alike drug pairs. Another practice that commonly creates a lot of problems for patients and healthcare professionals working with medications are the use of dangerous abbreviations. Since 2006, a list of commonly misinterpreted abbreviations that were involved in harmful medication errors have been reported in Canada. Whether they're used on a pre-printed order or on a handwritten prescription, these abbreviations are highly error-prone and their use has led to some of the types of errors we see in the community data. As a result, ISMP Canada has developed a do not use list that's been circulated widely to help communicate dangerous abbreviations that should be limited in healthcare. I'll include the download link for this list in the speaker notes for this episode, 
but it contains abbreviations such as IU, which stands for unit, but commonly gets mistaken for the number 10 or for intravenous, and abbreviations such as QOD, which stands for every other day, but commonly gets mistaken for QID or four times a day. For this podcast, I also wanted to highlight an abbreviation that's recently been on our radar, which is the use of fractions to denote duration or frequency. And the incident example reads as follows. The written tapering directions for a corticosteroid were that the doses be given for 2 over 7 and then 1 over 7. The intended meaning was that the prescribed dose be given for 2 days and then for 1 day. But the instructions were interpreted to mean treatment for 2 weeks and then for 1 week. The patient received a longer duration of therapy than was intended and experienced adverse effects for which admission to hospital was required. You can see from this incident, it would have been logical to think that 2 over 7 or 1 over 7 meant day 1 or day 2 of the week, but it's also possible to interpret it as 1 week or 2 weeks, depending on what type of scripts you've seen or what types of prescribing habits you've encountered in your practice. At ISMP Canada, we'll continue to monitor the use of this abbreviation, and we also encourage healthcare professionals to be vigilant as well. So you can see from these two examples of look-alike, sound-alike errors and dangerous abbreviations that these are just two of the recurring factors that lead to medication errors. And despite the training, knowledge, and experience of pharmacists and other healthcare professionals, these issues continue to pose a risk to patient safety. So I hope this has been an informative and interesting episode. Despite significant improvements in medication safety in pharmacy, as its importance is becoming more and more recognized, there's still a lot of issues that have yet to be addressed. In our next episode, we'll discuss what happens to the pharmacy in the aftermath of a critical incident or an incident that leads to severe patient harm or even patient death, and how that impacts patients and those working inside the pharmacy.